Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. And we're back for the second part of the Curtain Call podcast. As you're serenaded by Jeffrey Benedict, that was beautiful. Um, we're going to have to get him to sing a song to you before uh, before we get out of this uh, uh, this episode. I, I, I think that was, that was beautiful, Jeffrey. Thank you. <laughs> Oh man! Just now, messing with, I'm messing with our podcast producer here. That's all I'm doing. I wrote yeah. down the time for him, so I decided uh, I'll be nice. I'll, I'll send it over to to the old uh, BAD Brian Anthony Davis. But anyway, if you're watching, you might be curious: Why is Mike and Jeffrey wearing jerseys tonight? Well, it's Rod Woodson's birthday today, so of course uh, the curtain call is probably uh, the biggest supporters of Rod Woodson there there is out there. Jeffrey, I, I got a question for you. Before we start, I said his age. Turns out I was wrong what his age was. I quickly searched it up. Do you know exactly how old Rod Woodson is uh, turning today? Ooh. Okay, I'm thinking when he was dry. Okay. Um, 49. You are off. And honestly, it, it makes me feel old saying it. Rod Woodson's 56. 56? Yeah. Wait, when was he? No, okay, yeah, I had the totally wrong draft. I was thinking uh, Carnell Lake. I was thinking the year he was drafted. Yeah, Woodson was well before that. Never mind. <laughs> it's all good, but isn't that crazy? Time flies. Fifty-six years old for the the NFL Hall of Famer. Yeah, and he was he was reportedly he he was interested in uh, coaching for the Steelers. That that came out this past. And apparently week. that didn't work out because the Steelers, you know, hate fans and don't want us to meet him every single, you know, training camp. If there's training camp this year and the Steelers didn't hire Rod Woods, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be personally offended by that. 
Because I would go there and just be like, Woo, Rod Woodson. And he'd be like, I'm not, I'm not playing, guys. Right? I'm like, no, you're the best. <laughs> I'm not signing anything for you. Gosh. <laughs> Joe Hayden, you're a bum. Rod Woodson's better than you. You see that guy? That's Rod Woodson. <laughs> I, I'm Joe Hayden. <laughs> Best, I'm the best, show on, best show on podcast form, guys. This is the best. Oh, yeah. It doesn't get better than this show right here. Uh, <laughs> but oh, anyway, man. we can lead into some better content because I figured you'd have a rant for us tonight because the NFL salary cap dropped. Of course, huge implications across the league and for the Steelers. $182.5 million, if you didn't already know. I already see Jeffrey's blood pressure spiking right now. But we talked about how this w- was not going to happen. Tur- turns out it did happen. <laughs> how are you feeling on this? It's stupid. It's incredibly stupid. Like, I, I was arguing with someone on Twitter. You want to see me rant about this? I actually went off on Twitter a little bit. I saw um, But they were saying, like, no, this is this is normal. It's, it's what you expect. Like, owners lost money. They need to save money. And this is a crazy thing to me, okay? Owners, this is the point I want to make. Owners are in charge of the NFL. Roger Goodell does what the owners want. They're his boss. If he doesn't, they can just go to him and be like, Roger, this is what you're going to do instead. And he's going to do it. They're his bosses. They sign his paychecks. Um, and so and so when you look at this, what's happening is you've got teams, and people are like, oh, not that much is going on. Yeah, the Steelers has handled this really well. But I want you to watch what happens with the Kansas City Chiefs because they are $20 million over, and there are about $15 million I think they can easily – you know, get on, get from their roster, but they still don't have a complete team, even cutting 15 million and they'd be five over. And you're talking about the people they can move with are people like Tyron Mathow, who doesn't have any more years on his contract. You can't push money back. So if you imagine this, where the chiefs in order to save money on the cap and get under the cap, have to go to Tyron Matthew and renegotiate a deal and get him an extension at the year where he is, the most valuable he's ever been, right? And if they're doing this because they don't have money right now, think about this. What did the Steelers do because the cap dropped? They renegotiated Ben Roethlisberger's contract. Ben Roethlisberger was going to get like a $5 million roster bonus, and then he was going to get $9 million over a 16-game se- or 14 over a 16-game season. So you'd pay $5 million now, and then you'd start paying the man in September game checks, Right? At the same time, you're actually getting revenue. Instead, the Steelers save a bunch of money on cap space this year, but the upfront cost was $14 million. So they spent $9 million now to save money on the salary cap. Like that's They paid $9 million now instead of later to, to save on the salary cap. Anytime you restructure a person's contract, you're taking money, they are going to be paid out over the course of the season, and you're paying it to them right now. So if they redo Stefan to its contract to get rid of that $9 million base salary, and they put $8 million in a signing bonus, that's $8 million they're paying now, instead of in like $600,000, $700,000 installments each week of the season, when they're actually making money. Like this, this is a crazy thing to me. If you're looking at it and saying the owners need, they just don't have cash. Well, they're paying more now to to do this. And if and if it's we're talking about a bump where the NFL, you know, salary cap drops six for the first time ever, it's going to drop sixteen million dollars, something like that, and then it's going to shoot up next year. Which means all you're doing is paying money now to push money to next year. 
This is what this whole thing is doing. When they could have just balanced it out and said, okay, we're going to move this year gradually up because we know the year after that it's going to be crazy, right? We know that cap is going to – next year's cap is going to be solid. The year after that's going to be insane. Like it's, it's just how it's going to be. They could have gradually did that and not have all this drama, not have teams have to cut players. And I'm waiting to see how the Chiefs handle this because they may destroy the Chiefs. They may be like dismantling the Chiefs to the point where the Chiefs are not a Super Bowl contender. They're just a great offense. Because say the Chiefs have to cut Tyron Mathow. What's their defense look like? Say they cut Frank Clark. You know, they've got these guys that, that they may have to move on from. So uh, to me, it's it's the owners being short-sighted and bad businessmen is what this reeks up to me. I don't like it. Going further past that, the Saints who decided that they're going to throw the franchise tag on someone, they made a ton. Like they made all their kind of cut type moves that they could make today. They're still thirty one million dollars over the cap. That's including that franchise tag, which I can't believe hasn't been rescinded already. Like seriously, that makes no sense to me. The yeah, Saints, they, I, I don't see how they can't cut uh, Marshawn Lattimore or Ryan Ramchek. Like, I can't see how they can't do that. Yeah, like, either, either that or you have to seriously sign them to long-term deals. And this is another thing with free agents. If you think about it, people are like, oh, free agents are going to have to take lower value one-year deals and, like, prove it deals. No, they're not. You can't give Bud Dupree a $10 million one-year contract. Not in this season, not with the cap dropping. Instead, you're going to talk about, like, a four-year, $60 million deal where you take the signing bonus, spread it out, he gets a minimum payment, and you get his salary down to $5 million for this year, right? There's a lot of players that you don't want to sign long-term that you're going to have to sign long-term just to get their cap hit out. Or you're going to put a ton of void years on the deal, which if you're Bud Dupree, you're not signing a, a deal with a bunch of void years. Like, you're, Why would you do that? When you could make them give you a whole bunch of money guaranteed just to get your cap hit down now. Like, it's it's like the owners don't know business. It's like they're, I don't know, they're like, either they've got some elaborate scheme going on or or they're just poor businessmen. One of the two, because it's it doesn't make any sense to me. What do you think about this year's free agent team before the season starts? Do you think if they had a 33rd team, uh, the the whole the city called free and the team name agents uh, would they win the Super Bowl because that's kind of what it feels like right now. Do they have a quarterback yet? Because they have everything uh, else. The free yeah. agent team is beastly outside of quarterback. Someone just like Texas needs to just cut. You know, Houston needs to cut Deshaun Watson or something. And that team's <laughs> that team's winning the Super Bowl because it's yeah it's it's just going to get better and a lot of teams are going to be fine. Most of the teams are going to be fine. But there are a few teams. And I mean, when you're talking the Chiefs, you're talking the poster boys of the NFL. They're the good guys with the high-scoring offense that are in the play. You want them competing for a Super Bowl if you're the NFL. It just, I don't I don't understand why you would do this to the Chiefs and the Saints. You know, it doesn't seem to make good sense for the overall product. And it's short-sighted because you're going to end up spending more money than, than you're going to save. Yeah. <laughs> Turning back to just some strictly Steelers news, because we could rant about this cap news. Like it, it is substantial news. It, I could do it all day. If you, didn't, yeah, if you didn't think it was coming into this, like seriously, there's there's huge implications on that. But some of the other Steelers news of the day 
which was pretty minor considering everything that happened. I thought we'd get a, a big news dump of contracts and stuff. Did they still have a couple days? Not a whole lot. But the first thing that came out, Derek Watt restructured his deal. Uh, saves about 880k on the year. Uh, pushes his deal value next year to $4.5 million. The cap better explode or Derek Watt better be used a lot on offense because it, it, that seems like a very cuttable number to me. But uh, what do you think of the Derek Watt restructure? Well, all the money they're moving to next year is going to be dead. You can't resave that. So uh, it makes sense to me because this year is stupid. So once once they decide to be dumb this year and let the cap drop, uh, yeah, restructure everyone. Push all that money to next year because you're going to get such a bump. Like the, they're talking about the TV deal coming in at double what yeah. it was last year. Where, like that's that's your that's your whole team's paycheck right there. You don't have to have anything else. Close the stadiums. You can fund your team with just the TV deals. It doesn't matter. None of the rest, like the Bengals are like, sweet. We don't have to sell tickets. You know, we can be <laughs> cheap as heck. Why not trade Joe Burrow? See if someone will give you a used car for him. Who knows? You know, you don't, who knows? You're you're gonna make money. It's like, oh, I'm going back on that. I'm going back on that. Uh, you know what? You already opened this can, but, so I'm just gonna but, dive into it. <laughs> But Derek Watt, people wanted rid of Derek Watt because the Steelers didn't use him last year. What people don't understand is the most you could say by cutting Derek Watt is $1.6 million, which is two minimum contracts. That's how much money you would save by cutting Derek Watt would have been two minimum contracts. And you're going to have to sign one just to replace him. And how good that guy's, how good is that guy going to be? Derek Watt is a special teams captain level player and if they don't bring back Jordan Dangerfield he, field he may well be this team Steelers special teams captain and he's a versatile fullback which is what you want in Matt Canada's offense this Steelers he's worked with Matt Canada yeah and he's worked with him in Wisconsin when they ran over everybody I mean they had Monty Ball they had a but they had I told you there was Melton like three Gordon. guys yeah really good yeah they had three running backs but they ran all over everyone he played a lot that season tight end and even in the draft they're like is he a tight end is he a fullback no he's a half he's an h-back which is both and we need those he's going to be that position him and Jalen Samuels are going to be h-backs and wingbacks uh so it's which is crazy to me if you if you look back it's like the Steelers have been building this team for years they've really been building this roster that has these types of players the James Washington's the uh Derek Watts, which we added last year, but the Jalen Samuels, we've added guys that fit these profiles for years, and then we added Matt Canada. So to me, to me, Derek Watt made a ton of sense just because he can do what you want our fullback to do, and and really the cost savings, people, it's it's not legit enough. And you also yeah. got to remember what Matikavich, what Tyler Matikavich got paid. I like think Derek, more. Yeah. Derek Watt is a better special teams player than Tyler Matikavich. He is. And we have him for much less. And he actually plays fullback uh, when he's healthy and the Steelers actually want to use him. Again, I want to point out the game he got hurt, the Steelers were actually using him before the fourth quarter. And he ended up getting hurt, hurt on that game. But he his usage was going up and then he got hurt. Yeah, uh, that's going to be one of the things to kind of watch with Derek Watt as well. Yeah. We can talk fullback as much as we want, but like you were saying, those those other positions, uh, specifically filling the Matt Cannon offense, 
the other name that they uh, they signed to an extension this year, of course, a restricted free agent, so it was a very minor vet minimum type deal. Ray Ray McLeod is coming back for another season. Uh, so obviously a good move, an inevitable move, much like Robert Splane, which should be announced really at any time now as a restricted exclusive rights even uh, free agent. But uh, Ray Ray McLeod gets his extension done. Uh, do you think he brings a little bit more juice to the offense in uh, 2021? He brings a different type of player. And that was actually one of my one of my picks for the Steelers this year was I thought they were going to take a wide receiver later and kind of pick that kind of punt returner, all-purpose kind of guy simply because in a Matt Canada offense, that's a valuable position. That's a valuable guy, a guy who can line up wherever and do all kinds of different things, more, more of an athlete than a wide receiver, that kind of uh, a player. And... He fits that. If you if you think of a guy, uh, we played when we played New York last year. They had Ty Montgomery, who was like a wide receiver, tight end, fullback, running back. Like, what does he play? He plays everything. Well, if you look how they use him in the offense, he was often a wing back or a or an H back. They use Ty Ty Montgomery that way a lot. So when you get a guy who fits multiple roles and kind of has a diverse skill set, where you know Ray Ray McLeod isn't a great route runner, he doesn't have the greatest of hands. But he's really elusive in space. He can run a lot of different things. So he has usefulness, and he's a pretty dang good kick and punt returner. So he works. He's worth it. He's he's one of those guys that you really want in a Matt Canada offense. Yeah, I'm thinking back. He's probably the best pure returner type since probably like Stefan Logan that one year. Him, uh, bring up the Canada guy, of course. I, the guy I came to. over from Canada. Yo. <laughs> Stefan Logan, man, Stefan Logan, people don't remember how good he was. Like you look at, you look at the stats around him. He was a better punt returner than AB mm. and that's not easy to pull off. He, and he was also a kick returner. He just literally brought nothing else. Ray Ray brings talent at the return positions and also some versatility on the field. And there's a reason like, uh, I was talking with Dave Schofield and he was, he was working on a piece he's doing. I don't want to ruin it. Uh, but he was looking at the four wide receiver and five wide receiver sets the Steelers did. Uh, and like Ray Ray McLeod was in our four wide receiver sets quite a bit because he's just a very different animal than the other receivers we have. And so they, they put him in there to cre- create some more versatility at, you know, James Washington's expense, but it worked for us. So I, he makes sense to bring back in a lot of ways. Yeah. It was just a, a move that was going to, happen no matter what but continuing on uh, of course with the news today uh it sets the Steelers right now about five million dollars in the green uh when it comes to cap space still not enough really that's they might be able to bring back a couple of their free agents right now but still like if they want to put legitimate offers into some of these guys that should get contracts as free agency starts right away they're gonna have to build up a little bit more money so before we get to the start of the new new league year, which uh, March seventeenth, uh, if uh, if I'm looking at my watch correctly, that's a week today, uh, with the negotiation period happening three days before that. Now, do you anticipate the Steelers making any types of cuts now to make uh, to free up some of that cap space? I don't expect cuts. Uh, I still, I still look at Stefan to it and say that is. He is ripe for a uh, restructure. It's about five or... million bucks, though. I think if he's restructured, how much? I think it's about five million back. Yeah, free up, which is that's pretty good. You know, that's that's a that's a pretty good return. Um, 
And if you go completely against what the Steelers always do with players who aren't a quarterback named Ben Roethlisberger, they could extend him. He is definitely worth an extension. Um, and I, I, he would be a great candidate for it. You'd save a ton of money. Yeah, uh, I can see that. But what about guys like Vince Williams and Eric Ebron? Are, are their spots locked or are they even going to make it to these OTAs, whether or not those happen? But could you see I, I just, I just did it. I just, we just did a vertex on Eric Ebron. Um, and I, I think Eric Ebron is a lock for next season. He is the best uh, receiving tight end we've had. Um, we got we got uh, a non-scoop kind of insider scoop. It's not really a scoop because it was it, it, it's it's not completely on the record. I don't know. I don't know how to exactly handle this. I don't know. I don't have reporter training here, Michael. But uh, <laughs> I was doing the video and I'm watching Eric Ebron and and towards the middle of the season after like he was incredible in Houston. He's in there blocking Jadeveon Clowney. He's he's tearing up the you know getting deep routes going. And then you get to about week twelve. And Eric Ebron is losing blocks, and he's dropping passes. And it looked to me like he lost upper body strength, and he was worried, visibly worried about getting hit in his back. And so I sent some clips to K.T. Smith, since he's a coach, and he sees this stuff. And he also knows Eric Ebron a little bit from his work in New Jersey. Um, and I was like, do you, do you think this looks like a guy to you that is hurt, that is playing hurt? And he he got back to me and he actually talked to someone he knows that works with Eric Ebron, who said he couldn't say more than that Eric was dealing with stuff during the season. He said he couldn't say more than that, uh, but that Eric Ebron was dealing with things during the season. And if you if you look at that vertex, Eric Ebron's blocking early in the season. He's not great, but he's solid. <laughs> he does a great job getting to the second level and blocking a linebacker. He delivered a chip on Jadeveon Clowney that took him straight out of the play. Like it was Clowney versus a core of four in run blocking. Eric Ebron just shoves Clowney inside. Like Clowney runs it, like pushes him straight into the defensive tackle, and a core of four just grabs him and he's he's out of the play. Uh Ebron didn't quite get to his next man that he was supposed to block, but e- Ebron's that kind of a guy. He's a he's a decent, not good blocker. He's solid though. Like, he can he can get you that first block, right? Uh, often in space, he's not getting you much more than that. After he blocks his first guy, he's not peeling off and finding more guys. But at the same point, he's blocking linebackers and safeties can't cover him. And that's a mismatch. That's if you put him, if you, if you move Eric Ebron into the field and there's a linebacker on him, you slide him out, you slide him out a little bit into the slot. And what are they going to do with him? They can't cover him then. Uh, so for me, Eric Ebron brings that value. And if you look, if you look at the tight ends making his money. You're talking about like Nick Boyle from Baltimore. Uh, you're talking about CJ Azuma. Yeah, you're talking about Tyler Croft from Buffalo. You're talking about a bunch of guys that are like either like Jesse James makes that same range of money. That's the guys that were getting that range. Uh, Ebron is honestly a good value for us. So Ebron's not getting cut. That's not a thing. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely see that too, especially with really nothing else behind him. I kind of anticipate that, and, and I would bet Matt Canada even uses him a little bit better. Uh, Canada like to put guys in uh, the best option, not just what Ben uh, wants him to do. Uh, well, talking about OCs, <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the things with Canada. Canada puts receivers on the line, 
which is another position. We have drafted almost exclusively guys who are good at getting off the line when they're up on the line, not off the line and get more of a free release. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, James Washington, Juju Smith-Schuster, all of them phenomenal at getting off the line against press coverage. And that lets your tight ends go in motion. So Eric Ebron is the kind of guy you can see going in motion a lot. Uh, he's it, Canada's offense could really could really cause trouble for the defense with him. Just, I mean, Eric Ebron. All of a sudden, you don't he's lined up and then he's moving and then there's a snap and where is he? Like you got to locate him pretty quick because he is a good target. Now moving on a little bit to another way the team can save some money. And I I was in Jerry Dulac from the Post Gazette's uh, Q and A. Uh, today. Uh, and one of the questions that was asked to him, of course, Jerry being the Steelers insider uh, working within the facility, he was asked about uh, potentially extending two guys, those being Joe Hayden uh, and David DeCastro. Uh, when he was asked about Hayden, he said he could see a, a two-year deal uh, being uh, thrown his way to lower that cap number. Then the interesting thing to me here, and totally reading between the lines, he said the Steelers haven't approached David DeCastro about uh, working on a contract extension. So to me, taking it a step back, that says they have talked to Joe Hayden. That's what it says to me. Do you kind of anticipate that move happening? Because I've seen other reporters suggest that they just go up to Joe and say, hey, if you want to play for us, we'll offer you uh, $7 million. You're just going to take a straight pay cut. Uh, Good luck with getting more than that on the open market. Which kind of way do you see that going? (laughs) They think the Steelers are going to walk up to Joe Hayden and play hardball. Yeah, like well, people really think the Steelers are going to do that. I, I can defend it because of the situation. Joe Hayden, would, what, what is he, a fourth contract guy now? That's the market that's going to get hit very hard with the, the salary cap stuff. So yeah, I, but our Steelers' can, defense would get hit even harder, man. You oh, would kill that room. That's one of those guys like Marquise Pouncey. You just mm-hmm. restructure his deal. You extend him. You do what you have. You don't, you don't tick that guy off. You know, that's a guy, if you make him upset with the team and he's just like, whatever, I'll play out my contract. But I ain't doing more than that. I'm just here to work. You know, I'm just here to I'm just here to pay. I'm just here to get paid. You don't want that. Joe Hayden is a phenomenal leader on the team. He's still a brilliant player. He's a great communicator. And that salary to those kind of players, that salary is their position on the team. That salary says you are this guy, you are the guy, you need to be the guy. You need to be the guy that is leading the entire room. You need to be the guy that is making the plays in the clutch moments. You don't want to send a message to that guy that says you're not that guy anymore, especially when he's still that guy on this defense. He's still absolutely that guy on this defense. So no, no, Joe Hayden, uh, absolutely, if you want to extend him, uh, you could probably get him for a little less than he's getting now. I don't know. I mean, if Hayden's like, I want more than that, you just say, okay, we're going to play out your contract. Hey, Hayden's made like $200 million over the course of the I know, of he's one career. of the highest paid like players. It, it was before the, the second, two CBAs ago, when rookies could just get whatever the hell they wanted. So yeah. he got like a stupid rookie deal in Cleveland. Yep. So well, I mean, I, you're going to Cleveland. You, you got to go for the money. That's the only reason to go there. <laughs> Oh my! Um, who was the other guy you're talking about? Uh, David Castro, but uh, it seems like they're just going to play out his last year. That yeah, which mm, I understand I, that I, that's I how they normally that's do business, and you don't want to get locked into him after he's old. He's he's older, and he got hurt last year, and that affected his play. 
Uh, he, it would be tough to move on from him just one year after losing Pouncey. I mean, uh, I was working on our, my, I've been doing roster reviews. I was working on the offensive line one. The Steelers right now have four players who played snaps for them on the offensive line last season. Four. And one of them is J.C. Hassenhauer. <laughs> You've got Chukwoma Okorafor, Kevin Dotson, and David DeCastro. And that is it. That's the only people who have actually played snaps on the offensive line for the Steelers, along with J.C. Hassenauer. So they've got a lot of questions there. You could see a lot of turnover there. And even if they don't, like say they bring in Zach Banner and they bring back B.J. Finney, you're still having huge changes in the, on the starting lineup because you still got, you know, you're not having the same people there. It's to me, David DeCastro, I really hope he has a bounce back season. I bet the Steelers are really hoping he has a bounce back season because that would be rough without him. I think the injury really hampered him. And before I move on to one last topic, as we're kind of getting tight to the time, but if it was me as the GM, considering the year and how much money this team could really use, I'd probably go up to both Joe Hayden and Dave DeCastro and be like, how long do you plan on playing? And then just figuring out an extension from there. Yeah. Like both players, like Joe Hayden, even if he regressed, even if he lost a step, you can put him in the nickel. You can put him at safety. You can, you can do some stuff there. Joe Hayden's football IQ is a hundred out of a hundred. He gets it. Like, like that's yeah. the pinnacle. If you're, if you're a DB, that's your guy. Watch him play. He gets the game. David DeCastro is kind of the same thing. Like, you're playing guard. You really can't be hidden any more than that. Uh, it's it's kind of the, the more uh, forgiving position along the offense line, sandwich between center and tackle. So there really isn't any movement per se, but I still think he has some years in him. That injury kind of took him back, whatever it was. So I, I expect a little bit more out of him. So kind of moving on from that and into free agency, which is one week from today, we'll be doing the free agency show, uh, come to think of it, uh, after the start of the new league year. Before we get there, do you anticipate the Steelers signing someone from outside the organization? Do you have any prediction for the for the next week uh, for the Steelers before we start the 2021 league year? Well, my last my last one of my last predictions was wrong with the salary cap not going down. I've been saying that for a while. That was wrong. Uh, <laughs> signing anyone? I don't see who would we be able to like when that's uh, yeah, my brain just died. Okay, uh, I don't really see anyone from outside the team being signed quick. Mm. Uh, if they do, it would be someone like a Lindsay, someone at the top that they're really going to pay. Yeah. But you're going to have to pay that guy uh, if you're going quick and you want him to sign like, hey, we want you to sign. Don't listen to other teams. Come to our team. You're going to have to pay him. Uh, I do expect, I, sh- I should say Zach Banner. I do expect that to be announced oh, as soon as it's done. Sure. Like, he should be back. Uh, it doesn't make sense any other way for either side. And, and you know what? The second they sign Banner, then that whole first half of our show, I feel like Tevin Jenkins just kind of drops down the board a little bit because then you have your right tackle locked in for a while. But yeah, outside of that, like uh, I've talking, I've talked to some insiders one on one, and they really do believe the Steelers are going to chase a guy like Corey Lindsley. Uh, uh, of course, the first team All Pro from Green Bay. If you're not aware of him, the center, uh, he, he's from about an hour outside of Pittsburgh. So I, I kind of see it happening. That, that also, also with Lindsay Green Bay runs a ton of outside zone, a ton of it. And Matt Canada runs a ton of outside zone. So he 
would be a great addition as a leader on the team to be like, we need a guy who is going to lock down this style of offense that we want to run as well. He'd be a phenomenal pickup. And you know what? But before we wrap this thing up, if you get a guy like that on your team, uh, you lock it down for the last year years of Ben. Uh, I use that very loosely. And then you, then you have a veteran guy that's one of the best in the game for the next quarterback, be it Mason Rudolph, be it rookie, be it whoever that may be. And you don't have J.C. Hassenhauer as your starting center, which yeah. Lord help us. It'd be a very long year if that's the case. But uh, look Jeff, what a great offensive line did for Baker Mayfield. He looked good. He he really a, a good system, which the Steelers now have, and a very good offensive line. Complete three or 180. I was going to say 360, yeah. but that wouldn't make any sense. But <laughs> 180 for the Browns and Baker Mayfield. But uh, as uh, as we kind of reach our time limit here, Jeffrey, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, I've been doing the roster reviews. They're all good. Our, our most, like I said, our most recent vertex was on Eric Ebron. Um, I'm trying to get, I, I think I've convinced Dave Schofield to do something uh, with me next week that's going to get people riled up. Uh, so, so keep tuned for that. It should come out before, before free agency starts. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. I've got a film room coming out. If I can actually get it finished, uh, on Juju Smith Schuster week nine at Dallas. And, uh, really the player, the player that is there that we didn't really use. Which is yeah, sad. that's going to be a tough one to watch because I'm sure by the time that comes out, we're going to start hearing the the teams that are really in on him. So that, that's that's going to be a little tough, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get through it together. You, <laughs> we'll power through. Next week's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, we'll announce that team soon on social media. Uh, the next uh, team that we look at uh, for our little prospect uh, tracker series here. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, of course, click over to behindthesteelcurtain.com. Breaking news. Uh, opinion, assessment, you name it. The, the website's full of stuff. Uh, and then make sure you're just uh, watching everything or listening to everything on the podcast side. Uh, like, subscribe, do all that great stuff. We will see you guys next week. Thank you again for tuning in for Jeffrey. My name is Michael Beck. Thank you so much. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. 
perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.